This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about the technology that affects us all, but few of us understand, presented in a format that can give you some basic understanding and the time it takes to drive to the grocery store. I'm Luke Covey, an independent journalist who's been writing about various technologies ranging from renewable energy to digital security for more than 40 years. I probably know more about it than you do, and if I don't, I will introduce you to those who do. What is an autonomous vehicle? How close are we to seeing them on the road? And what are the major barriers to seeing them on the road? Part four and the finale of Where Did We Go Wrong on Autonomous Vehicles. Okay, so I'm here with Joselle Lorenzo, Vice President of Product Development for Axiato, and something of a guru on the area of AI. He, I don't know if he'd want to say that, but Giselle, what what kind of work have you been doing in AI for the past few years? I would say pretty varied. Um, so guru is probably a very difficult term to, <laughs> to admit to, but uh, in the last six years, I've been working on um, different problems as a product person. So I've been doing uh, computer vision problems, uh, applying AI to um, big data uh, to solve uh, problems that are into fitness and sports, then I moved into um, applying the same similar types of technologies or of artificial intelligence to uh, detecting financial crime um, and also applied it to uh, autonomous systems, autonomous vehicles in the um, uh, automotive space um, and now moving into um, security. Okay. So I would say pretty varied and different problems, pretty broad, because as you know, AI can be applied. Yeah, I call that a guru. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> because as I go out, you know, and this is one of the reasons I want to have this conversation, as I go out in the world and I talk to people about AI, uh, on different levels, on security, on autonomous vehicles, on, on what, what, what have you, there's a lot of confusion as to what AI is. And I've written and talked about the three basic components. You've got uh, data mining, uh, machine learning, and deep learning, which is kind of a subset of machine learning. Um, but you have companies that are just doing data mining and they're calling themselves an AI company. You have companies like NVIDIA that are doing pretty good work in the area of machine learning, but that's all they're doing. You can't really call them an AI company. But then there are companies out there that are doing AI, like Google, like Waymo, like uh, uh, Avita. Um, they, are, they are working on some serious issues. And that side of the equation doesn't seem to be talking to the implementation side, which was a problem that I noticed with uh, at Arm TechCon this year. Uh, they've, uh, Arm announced a new consortium for autonomous vehicles and when I took a look at the members, I realized none of them are involved in actually in AI. And when, and when I brought this up to a general manager at, uh, at ARM, his response was, well, we're actually kind of squishy on that term. So as, as you said before in, in previous talks that we've had, AI is a very broad topic. Sure. So maybe we should take a look at that under the context of where did we go wrong in autonomous vehicles? Sure. Yeah. So uh, AI has been around for like over 20 years and it's progressively been getting better 
um, really in the last um, uh, five to seven years is when things became really attainable because of all the reduction in cost of compute and storage and uh, the prevalence of data and connectivity which is which has led us to where we are now so mm -hmm. ai has has a very a big growing field in called machine learning and a subset of that deep learning which is enabling all of these capabilities to suddenly become feasible um, and and when you talk about autonomous vehicles um, it's suddenly becoming more and more and progressively uh, improving in terms of what can be automated so AI's most biggest benefit is automation mm -hmm. and the biggest and the, probably the most impactful of that is in in the automotive space because it's really about saving lives right there's 37,000 people who actually uh, perish uh, there's 37,000 fatalities this was in 2017 alone um, due to um, um, vehicular accidents so it is a it is a real problem we need to resolve it and when you say people who are um, need to come together there's it's a pretty broad um, set of challenges so really not one consortia can cover all the different aspects that need to be covered to solve this problem but it's clear that whatever we do to solve it we don't want to make it worse first before we eventually solve it right so we need to uh, incrementally make things better uh, but at the same time be be um, on the lookout that we're not introducing something that will make things worse um, in, in autonomous systems, um, especially in automotive, um, there are really peop real people and real people's lives are at stake. So we want to make sure that we go through this evolution in a way that it allows us to correct things as we go. Um, uh, if you want, we can talk about the levels of, yeah, of I think autonomy. That, that's something I th think people need to understand because we've got one side, the technology world is saying we're at level four with autonomous vehicles, but what, what the general buying public is saying is nowhere near level four. Yes, so there's actually six levels of uh, autonomy um, as it is defined. This has been adopted by the U.S. Department of Transportation as well. So yeah. level zero is really no autonomy and level five is like the full autonomy is really where we want to go. Um, over the past like more than a decade, uh, there's been a lot of cars with level one. These are systems that allow you to do like cruise control that takes care of uh, uh, essentially keeping your speed. Uh, level two is, is when we have what we call advanced driver assistance systems or ADAS. Uh, these allow you to take control or automate your steering and your acceleration and braking. Right, and deceleration. So uh, it's able to sort of follow the car in front of you or keep you in the lane. Right? So this is where a lot of cars level one and two. Level two is like a majority of the vehicles already, I think, that are out there um, or the new ones that are being introduced have these uh, capabilities. Now, when and that's, that's like being able to recognize an obstacle on the road and apply the brakes before the driver would. That is correct. That is one, uh, what we call ADAS feature, it's called yeah. automatic emergency braking. Um, and it, when it detects something that is perilous, it would actually bring the car to a halt. Right. So this is up to level two. Now, um, when you get to level three, this is when you have the car start doing uh, safety related functions. Um, it's able to now actually, um, um, it's called conditional autonomy. 
and it's able to, to do uh, the full driving uh, functions um, given a certain set of limiting uh, conditions. So it's not able I to think, do it think all the time. Part, part of that is that at level three, that the driver has to be aware of the environment. That is correct. And it's not able to work in all the environments. For example, if you are at freeway speeds, it might not actually allow you to, to enable this level three type of automation because it's just not able to or capable to do that. Uh, level four is different. Level four is when it can actually detect all the different environments and be able to offer um, uh, autonomous operation at that environment. But at level four, you're still allowing the driver to take over at any time. Um, now, there's different schools of thoughts on whether you want to go level three or you want to go directly to a level four because um, if, if you are in level three, there are you as a driver you need to understand the limitations of the car and when you should be able to take over so it makes things a little bit more complex for the driver there's more things that you need to consider and think mm -hmm. about which you don't really want to subject the driver to so some manufacturers don't want to offer that and want to go directly to level four um, and level five comes when well you don't really need the steering wheel nor the pedals to control anymore you completely remove there's no um, ability of the driver to take control of the vehicle anymore at level five so maybe some people will not want that um, so we'll see how people accept this this capability as it evolves um, whether some people will probably want to stay in control and want the ability to 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 be taking over the autonomous car um, for example the the waymo service right now in arizona is a level four taxi um, that still has the steering wheel and the brakes and someone could actually take control over the car mm -hmm. if, if need be in say in an emergency um, if you would have a level 5 car then that wouldn't be an option right? so, so these things I think as we get more comfortable with the technology as, it, as it's evolving it's evolving very quickly um, we will get the acceptance and we will see how the regulators, how people uh, are the willingness of, of um, the buying public to use certain levels of autonomy and how they actually apply it, um, then we, we will know. See, it's really a very complex problem we're trying to, to yeah. do here. We're, we're trying to, to have a machine understand a human. Um, and humans, we have evolved over millions and millions <laughs> of years it's going to be very hard to, to get a computer to, to understand everything that we understand. So it, I think it's going to be a bit of time when we can have the machine fully understand. Um, but at the meantime, we already have a lot of autonomous cars in the road. Um, they are not doing full autonomy. Uh, they're doing certain segments of it. Um, and I think that's the right way to do it because you, you can't just flip a switch and expect the car to take over um, fully yeah. and leave the human out of the equation. I think there will always well, that's, be- Well, that's humans. usually where the problem comes in, like the, the guy who was driving down 101 mm -hmm. asleep behind the wheel uh -huh. in his Tesla, and the police had to get in front and to actually stop the car because they couldn't wake the guy up. Oh, wow, yeah. 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 So, and, and, the, and then the other one that, everyone likes to talk about the Tesla that decided it could go mm -hmm. underneath the truck because it just thought it was a freeway banner. Yeah, unfortunately these things are, are we but, have to but, cover. 
Yeah, that, that's something I've always wondered about. Because of the, the autonomy that these cars currently have, you know, the, the driver still needs to be aware, but the thing is when you are essentially physically disengaged from the act of, of steering, of using the pedals, of, of changing the gears, you tend to, your mind tends to wander. Yeah, so it takes a while for you or fall to, asleep. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while for you to regain uh, composure and also uh, whenever you switch tasks, you, yeah. your brain just takes a, a bit of time to yeah. to get back to what you were doing and 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 actually have situational awareness, right? At that instantly. So we we this is just a, a, a limitation of ourselves. So if we, that's why we don't want to do partial automation and let the human be yeah. in and out of uh, this this uh, situational awareness because yeah. that's going to be a dangerous situation. So um, the US Department of Transportation have been measuring all of these different, there's been a lot of studies through the years as to how we can maintain situational awareness in these times when sometimes you're just using your phone. Uh, this has proven to be the highest risk of uh, causing accidents. Uh, you disengaging and, and using your phone for, uh, looking at your phone for a few seconds, mm -hmm. by the time you look back in the road, it's gonna take you a half to a second to recover and, and know what's going on. And, and things change very quickly, as you know, at, 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 at freeway speeds. So, um, yes, yeah, so this is, um, this is really a, a problem of automation and it is a problem that we need to solve because of the lives that are at stake. Now, you, you mentioned that we're still a ways away. One of the GMs I talked to at, from Marm yesterday, uh, his estimate was probably not until 2030 will we actually see level four cars on the road in general. I mean, we, we, we can talk about what's going on with the Arizona taxis, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about people who own their cars and are driving our freeways on a regular basis. Is that about right? Do you think 2030 or? Uh, I think there's a possibility of it happening sooner. Okay. Um, I, again, it, it can be in controlled environments, like in certain sections of the city, um, in certain countries, because one of the problems of, of um, machine learning and and autonomy is localization. Um, people just drive differently in different parts of the world. Yeah. Um, so you you want to account for all of these differences. This these minute differences might be translated into huge problems in in certain scenarios. Um, so we we want to make sure that we can account for all of these and make it controlled. So maybe in certain sections of the city you can't go in unless you're in, in autonomous mode then everyone is autonomous and all the vehicles will have to communicate with one another with the new standard of vehicle-to-vehicle uh, -vehicle communication. In that sense, then it's safer actually not to mix um, autonomous um, systems with humans that are um, expecting the other car to, to behave in a certain way. So we humans, when we interact with each other, we have these nonverbal communication and we, when we approach an intersection, we actually uh, have a way of, of uh, looking each other in the eye and sort of um, um, making that um, decision on who goes yeah. first, right? <laughs> if everyone, if you happen to be approaching it at the same exact um, instant of time. Um, the autonomous system might not be able to understand that in the beginning. So, and in some countries, maybe the, the, 
nonverbal cues are different. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of that that needs to be understood and factored in. Uh, and if we can remove the, that uh, situation from happening, like make everyone in certain geos or in certain um, uh, geolocations to be uh, fully autonomous, then then yes, we can probably do that faster. So I think that that comment might be okay if we if we need the insurance companies to catch up, if we need the local regulations to be in place, uh, and then we need to maybe have some um, implementations in in um, in the infrastructure um, to allow safety to be improved. Probably gonna have to do some changes in driver education too. Uh, that's what will be very difficult to do. I think that's why. But the other thing is too. I mean, there are one hundred million privately owned vehicles on the roads in the United States right now. And not everybody's going to be able to afford to replace their car with an autonomous vehicle, even in 10 years. I mean, they're, they're talking about replacing uh, uh, fossil fuel powered cars with electric cars, and that's going to take 50 years. So... In, yeah, I think the... the, the Essentially what it comes down to is the human factor is still too complex for a, an AI to resolve. Yeah, and also the business model is changing. Yeah. Uh, we may not want to own cars in the future. Yeah. Maybe it's all going to be um, some sort of subscription model uh, where, yeah, you just use it to go from point A to B. Uh, you don't really need to own it unless there's some recreational use for it. Maybe yeah. some recre it will become some kind of... Um, recreational vehicle instead so there's see in addition to the AI and the machine learning that is is evolving that leads to automation there's also the business model that is evolving um, and it's trying to change the ownership um, um, how we own um, and use cars now so all of this coming together is going to be very interesting I, I think it's 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 really a great time to 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 be and be able to experience these types of changes as, as we evolve. And I really hope that it will lead to much safer uh, driving scenarios in or uh, environments in the road because eventually that's the problem we're trying to solve. Here's hoping, Giselle. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So that was Giselle Lorenzo of Axiato. And let's do a recap of the past few weeks. We've talked to several experts. We've talked to Rick Turner, uh, senior analyst at Ovum, uh, about the history and potential of autonomous vehicles. Uh, and his wrap-up is that it seems it's a better idea to put autonomous technology into rail systems that eliminates the issue of human interaction. We've talked to security consultant Matthew Rosenquist about the security challenges. And we haven't met those challenges. We're not even close to meeting those challenges. We've talked to Chet Babla at Arm Limited about the hardware that goes into this process and building uh, collaboration amongst companies, uh, amongst auto manufacturers and chip manufacturers and tire manufacturers. I still don't get the tire manufacturers, but that, that's that's neither here nor there. They're, what they're trying to do is build the shell of what goes into autonomous vehicles 
not actually building the autonomy itself. And that is focused primarily on the area of AI, which is what we've heard today from uh, Giselle Lorenzo at Axiato, that there are different levels of autonomy, and we are somewhere between level two and level three. Um, Giselle thinks that you know, we're closer to level four because we've got level four taxis in Arizona, but that's just Arizona. It's not New York City. It's not San Francisco. It's not L.A. It's not any of the major metropolitan areas. And he talked about the issue of the human factor. And this, I think, think was key in that as long as the human factor is not completely predictable, then having a completely autonomous vehicle is going to be nearly impossible. Uh, as long as there are people crossing the street on foot, as long as they're on bicycles, on skateboards, on skates, on scooters, it's going to be almost impossible for the AI to figure out what is safe for any of those things. And that's why so many car manufacturers are now backing off on their predictions about when an autonomous vehicle is going to be available for sale. As Giselle said, we may have to give up the idea of owning our, our cars. It may all be taxis. Uh, it, and that's probably closer to what the reality is and whether we're going to be able to do it, who knows. So anyway, that's been our, our show for today. And uh, we're going to be coming back with something new next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the issue of education and AI. And there's some interesting things being going on in the country of Finland that we're going to be talking about. So this has been Crucial Tech with Lou Covey. This is a Footwasher Media production. <laughs>